Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal to horrifying history to tense and terrible true crime and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third podiversary. Three years. Woof. It does not feel like three years. No, no. I don't. Do we? Are we professional like we're three years? I don't know. TBD. Uh, <laughs> we try. We try. Don't tell us if you don't think so. <laughs> Unless you have good feedback that can be constructive anyway. But wow, three fucking years. I feel like we're professionals now. Like, we know how to record at least, sort of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edit, research. I think our topics have been fun. We can edit quick now, sort of. Oh my gosh. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Soon, one day, we will be able to just hire someone to do all that nonsense of editing for us. What a dream. <laughs> what an absolute dream. Yeah, I think by the time this comes out, We'll be, I think this will be like our 160th episode because that's so many episodes. This week is the sixth. Next week is the seventh. No, I lied. I can't do any math. It's like the 158th. You know, still a lot. Still a lot. Either way. Still a lot. So this past year, what would you say some of your favorite episodes have been? Hands down, my favorite discussion was the Rice Doll <laughs> game. That is my favorite. Um, Like more recently, How Horses Become Evil is like... 10 to 10 for me it's like bits and pieces of different episodes like can you heal your body in decaying whale fat and like the process of discussing that like what a time the answer is no by the way and then <laughs> the answer is the answer is no um and then also uh the spider that judges me i also like that as well that's fair what are some of your favorites? So I think kind of like you said there's a few different things that i love talking about or i loved researching I would say my favorite is probably the haunted houses, just because it was fun to find actual haunted houses that people can purchase. Sometimes you can also really tell who like, sometimes one of us is like more primary in the research. And you can tell when it's Amanda because it's a haunted place. And for me, (laughs) it is somehow always a poisoner. I did not intend for us to be like poison, poison, poison this year. But we've covered a lot of poison. We're into poison now. Yeah. Poison. Poison. Um, I also really liked how stupid emo Mozart journey to plucky England was. Oh, I mean, that that was, a, I mean, first off, the title of it, 10 <laughs> out of 10, just a fun time. It reminds me of like an emo group's uh, song. You know how they, they don't even make sense with their titles? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then that was like, that was kind of, that was part of the point. Yeah. Right? Because it's, <laughs> just in case you were wondering what the full name of this episode is, which is also apparently, <laughs> it, it is a Fallout Boy title, right? It's, it is, yeah. Emo Mozart's journey to plucky England, colon, the monk deck store, and then in parentheses, there is no lonely windmill boy. <laughs> like, how do you not laugh saying that? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the lonely windmill boy. And also... Everyone does. Everyone forgets about him. <laughs> everyone everyone does. And like, look, do we edit most of our junk for the end? Normally? Yes. But this time, if there's ever been a time... And to be for our, our nonsense to be an episode proper. It's for this. Yeah. I mean, also, you, you know what was a highlight this year? 
what? Laurie Valor being found fucking guilty. What a fucking, what a time. What a fucking time. I was just going to say that. That was also like a favorite thing only because we finally saw some justice. Yes, lo- I loved it. It took far too long. But yeah, that, that was a highlight just knowing. Well, I mean, there's still more to go, but knowing some of it has finished. Also, having recently gone to the Mothman Festival, I simply must say Mothman Sightings and Disasters has to be one of my favorites because that was early this year. I thought that was last year, but it was February. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was scrolling before we started recording of all the things that we've done this year. And Mm -hmm. there's been a variety. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Strange Medicine was one of them. Antarctica. Antarctica. (laughs) We traveled a lot this year, I feel like. We, We talked about a lot of different like places. Mm-hmm. With the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think some of the things that we covered that could perhaps affect the average person, like phone scams. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fun one. I've had a lot of friends and family reach out now whenever there's a new one or like a new scam that's come up going, have you seen this one yet? And I'm like, yeah, it's they're just getting worse. But yeah, that one was really interesting. And then I love that we've been going through all the phobias of my favorite style of episodes is where things have a common thread where you get like a little bit of cryptids a little bit of true crime a little bit of like just weird facts about shit like snakes and spiders i really liked those and also i mean toilet terrors what a fucking time (laughs) so ridiculous i keep seeing now i think because we search it so much of course is various pictures of people finding snakes and weird bugs in their toilet and I feel like almost any time I scroll any various app, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like that will be one of the photos that comes up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm so sick of that shit. <laughs> well, so what I find happens is like, for example, as of our time of recording, spiders has not come out yet. But what am I seeing? So many fucking spider things. And <laughs> if you listen to that episode then you know that I had like a problem with like, like, as we were talking, I was real time freaked out. And so what do I not want on my feed? Spiders. And yet the algorithm's like, ooh, do you want to see an abundance of spiders coming from someplace you do not want them to come from? No, don't care. (laughs) It'll give like sensitive warnings before it shows me like someone doing Halloween makeup, but not like, do you want to see a bazillion spiders crawling from someone's eyeball. And I'm like, I actually really don't want to see that. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually sensitive content for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to say that a lot of your freakouts during that episode made it to our extended version at the end after our I was dying editing it laughing amanda did that edit so like she's like and this goes at the end because Lindsay is having a conniption <laughs> i had to turn down your scream a couple times because it was so loud and i'm like oh no people are gonna stop listening they're they're gonna be done with our shit yeah a new sound i learned from myself during that episode a <laughs> uh, very particular bug squeal but it's been a really fun year We've gotten some new patrons. We've gotten to know some people more. I've learned just so much along the journey. <laughs> but it's been neat. It's been a really fun time. And like we've talked about like more things we want to do for the future and things like that. Yeah, more fun stuff for sure. And so I'm excited for year four of True Creeps and for that to start. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Well, today, 
as everyone knows who's listened to any of our other Podiversary episodes, we have listener stories. My favorite. And I think this year we have some great ones. Yes. I love our listener stories. First off, I appreciate anybody who takes the time to like sit down and write it out or to send us their voice recordings because a lot of times what people are talking about is something that like really stuck with them and scared them. And so, you know, they're doing a little bit of visiting like of a bad moment in their life, but they're willing to share that. And so appreciated and noted that you have shared with us, you know? Yes, yes. Thank you. And for the people that did submit their stories, if you do want a sticker and you contributed to this episode, send us an email and I'll send you our new glitter sticker. Love it. So should we just get into them? I think we should, yeah. We're going to break up our stories by the authors. So we're going to start with Joe, and he has three stories. So we're going to read it in first person, but are we also going to react in our own persons? Yes. So (laughs) you'll know. Okay, so this is Joe's story. I grew up in 29 Palms, California. There's tons of UFO sightings and stories and weirdness from the area, and it's always kind of been a thing there. I was about seven and I was riding with my babysitter and her brother in her VW bug to her house. I was in the front seat. To get there, there's a long stretch of road that's super dark and almost movie quality creepy. Just a long, straight, super dark road surrounded by sand. We were just going along and suddenly everything lit up around us. Super bright. We were in the stereotypical cylinder of light. Her brother starts screaming. She freaks out. And I have the wherewithal to stick my head out the window and look up. I'm like, I just want to remind you that he's seven and he's like, I should see what's going on. <laughs> I am the mature one here. Fair. Back to Joe's story. And I have the wherewithal to stick my head out the window and look up. A big, shiny, black disc rotating right on top of us about 100 feet up. It was completely silent. It did that for like 20 seconds. Then in a blink, the light was gone and everything was just done. She had to pull over to let her eyes adjust. Then we just kept trucking. The rest of the night, we were beside ourselves. We were delirious and we couldn't make sense of it. We told my mom when she came to pick me up and her response was just, yeah, sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) I've been through this before. Yeah, she's like, okay, and what? Like, what do you want me to do about it? I love that for her. This is one of your triggers, right? Aliens? Oh, Aliens is like one of my most terrifying ones. Notice we haven't done an episode about it because it will absolutely have to be one that we need to record like during daylight hours. <laughs> they don't come out during the day. <laughs> they only like the night. Because I will not be able to sleep. It's more that I'll have to sleep and I know I'll have nightmares. And I don't want that. And Ben doesn't want me like being like, we're going to sleep with every light in the room on. And he's like, the shit again. I'm just going to go <laughs> sleep on Grimace. <laughs> She saw another alien video. My TikTok has only been aliens, by the way. But I mean, yeah, that's something that I would remember at seven, too, right? Like that's significant. Oh my gosh, right? And stressful. Absolutely. All right. Well, Joe sent us three stories. So here is his second story. I lived in Ocala, Florida while I was in high school and for a while afterwards. A route I'd take between work and home took me on some forestry roads along the border of Ocala National Forest. Roads that were just dirt that cut through parts of the National Forest, miles of nothing on either side. One night at like 2 a.m., I was heading home with my roommate, and we were booking it when we saw something huge in the road standing upright. Mm. I also just need to say that I don't think I would, I could drive on those roads at 2 a.m., Maybe if I was with somebody else, but I think I'd be like, mm, 
or I mean, I might be booking it. <laughs> I might be going very quickly. Exactly, exactly. We have some roads, I mean, no forest, but like middle of desert, no lights, no nothing. And you're like, if something happened right here, there's no way I could get to civilization fast enough, you know? Yeah. Back to the story. So we slammed on the brakes and it took off super fast into the woods. It looked exactly like a classic Bigfoot. It was pretty freaky. We pulled up to where it was and couldn't get any definite footprints because of the loose sand. We followed the path it took and it went up over the berm on the side that was three feet tall in one step. And we found marks where it grabbed a tree and it was massive. The palm was easily about 10 inches wide, judging by the claw marks. We stood around for a bit, just taking in the vibes. And the one thing I remember is how quiet it was. It was a forest in the summer. There usually was lots of bugs and birds making noise, but there wasn't anything. We took that road every night afterwards, but never saw it again. I hate it. <laughs> and I feel like when you are in movies and they're like, wait a second, it's silent. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, you're like, no, it's completely silent. It gives you like chills. Yeah. It's hair raising, creepy, right? Oh, yeah. This kind of reminds me of when we were talking about Dogman, the trucker. I mean, obviously, there's no shooting or anything involved, but just that he was in the middle of nowhere. And then a crazy creature comes out and you're like, what do I do? How do I know what I saw? But in this instance, he saw claw marks, right? Yes. So that's just, ugh. nope, no thank you. So this is Joe's third story, he said. Okay, the house I grew up in was built by my grandfather and he and my grandma died in the house before my parents inherited it. My mom always said the house was haunted, but she told me a story about when I was younger that solidified it. I was around four, and my mom was at the end of a long hall, kind of behind the rest of the house. The house was still full of my grandparents' furniture, especially that hall. One night, my mom heard something, and she just thought it was me playing around. She came down to check and saw a rocking chair nope. that belonged to my grandma rocking. So she assumed I was playing and then ran into bed, because again, he was four. <laughs> she came to my room, and I was dead asleep. She was a little spooked, so she woke me up and asked if I had been in the rocking chair. I was super groggy, and I just replied, that's just grandma, she likes that chair, and went back to sleep. She was freaked out and ran back to her bedroom. She was never very comfortable there. She saw more than she ever told anyone. I saw little things like that a few times, like my door getting shut or little things being moved. <gasps> rocking chairs, you know? I, I knew, I was like, when he submitted this, I was like, chef's kiss. Perfect. I know this is going to get Amanda. Yeah, it will. That is super similar to why I'm afraid of rocking chairs. Because we inherited my grandmother's rocking chair. And in the middle of the night, if I ever went into the living room, it would be rocking by itself. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. And not that I was afraid of her. It was just, I don't like the fact that an item is moving in front of me. And so I, I remember being younger and putting toys behind the rocking chair. So that it couldn't rock. <laughs> Amanda was like, not in here. Knock it off. No rocking. Mm -mm. We're not doing that. We're not. Well, my thing is, if you don't see why it's rocking, it doesn't matter who you think the spirit is because you don't know. Right. Yeah. And also, like, for me, a rocking chair moving when there's no one around doesn't mean that there's no one around. It means that I don't see whatever made it move. Right. So is it... A ghost or is it a person that then hid? I don't know. Rocking chairs. Mm -mm. Amanda's eyes got very large when I said that. 
no, no thanks. I, that could be a new ghost hunters tool. Like I think we've talked about. Just bring a rocking chair. Rocking chair. We have like getting a little miniature doll rocking chair. I know you sent me one last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for your ghost hunting kit. Can I tell you that it's on one of my shelves in my room and I have like coffin shelves in my room? And the other night I walked in my room and the rocking chair was turned the other way. And I was like, hmm, why? Why? It's high up and it's behind. I have like a sitting chair. So the shelf is behind it. So you'd have to like either be very tall or stand on that chair to get to the shelf. And I was like, this is weird. Who could know? So our next listener story, we have an audio recording. So we're going to play that now. My name is Jason, and this is my spooky story. I drive a Tesla Model 3 equipped with advanced sensors for spatial awareness. These sensors use radio waves to bounce off objects and accurately predict distances to various things in the road, such as cars, walls, people, even pets. It's quite remarkable. The car's sensors, combined with its camera system, can even detect turning lanes, traffic lights, and stop signs. The system is very similar to one that ghost detectives may look use to uh, map in an anomaly. Now, there have been stories about Teslas that see people in cemeteries who aren't really there. Now, I've never tried that, though it sounds very intriguing. But my own spooky encounter does involve my Tesla seeing someone or something that wasn't there. One evening, after arriving home with my family, we pulled into the garage. As we stopped, one of my daughters excitedly pointed at the screen and said, Look, there's someone standing by the car. Sure enough, we all looked at the screen and there was a person mapped on the screen. This person appeared to be right next to the car by the passenger rear door, as if they were trying to get in. At first, we couldn't help but laugh, thinking it was a glitch, or maybe even jokingly suggesting it was a ghost. Then, my wife sitting by that very door playfully said to our daughter, Well, why don't you let it in? So she opened the door, and to our amazement, the person on the screen disappeared into the car. Needless to say, the kids were freaked out, but all of us had a good laugh once we got inside the house. We didn't think much more about it. That is, until it happened again. Yep, the same eerie incident occurred once more. Just like the first time, the person vanished into the car as soon as we opened the door. The laughter turned to puzzled looks, and we couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to this strange phenomenon than we initially thought. Impeccable, Jason. Are you a podcaster? Do you have your own podcast? You might be better at speaking <laughs> than we are. <laughs> yeah, he said it to me last night and he was like, does it sound okay? I was like, honestly, it sounds too good. It's too good. Honestly, I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm humbled. <laughs> uh, okay. I just, first off, I love, let's just let it in. What's the worst thing can happen? Like, the worst that could happen, my friend, is that your ha- your car is now haunted. You've got a haunted Tesla. I mean, it sounds like he already has a haunted Tesla. I know, I will say, I know Jason personally, and we have gone on some ghost hunting adventures, and we are planning more. Mm-hmm. But he told me that story, I want to say it was last Christmas, maybe, and it hasn't left my head since. How could it? Especially if you're riding in his car, you're like, that's the ghost backseat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, every time I see a Tesla, I was like, I wonder how many ghosts it's seen. <laughs> Amanda gets this far away look, and she goes... That Tesla has seen some things. Also, like, what if all this time, Elon Musk was just the literal best ghost hunter? That's all this has been. He missed his calling. He missed it. This entire time, he is just cataloging the existence of ghosts. And he's going to come out with, like, Amazon ghost. And he's, like, put them to work. (laughs) 
I mean, 10 out of 10, that's creepy. And now since I've seen that story, I've seen other people online share some stories where they've seen, you know, like someone walking through a crosswalk that wasn't there or walking somewhere around the car. And they're like, but I could not find that person. We're a Hyundai family, so we don't have anything like that. It's more just like it being like, you know, you can't get over right now. And I'm like, I know I can't. And I say like me. No, my car doesn't have any of that. It's from 2011. But Ben is like, I know I can't get over. Like he's like arguing with the car. So uh, Hyundais aren't haunted. But the fanciness of a Tesla, that's just another tick in the don't get a fancy car box because then you're going to know how haunted shit is. That you're like generally haunted all the time. Do I want to know sometimes? Yes. But do I want to know all the time? No. I don't want to be haunted when I'm like trying to put my groceries in the car. You know, I'm like just trying to get home. You're like, can we press pause on this? Please don't haunt my garage. I've got ice cream. It's melting. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I just want to be a person for a minute. That is terrifying. It is. It is every time. Every time I see his car now, I'm like, is the ghost in it? Is it living in your garage? Where did it go? Yeah, the answer is yes. It's in the car. When he said, and then we opened the door. <laughs> I literally, like, my stomach dropped. I was like, no, no, don't do that. That sounds, I'm stressed. I'm stressed for him. I'm stressed for anyone who's letting ghosts in their car. You thought your car was a safe space. My car is also a no haunted doll zone. It's an extension of the house. I don't want my car to be haunted. But you did bring that mysterious package in. No, I didn't. Even though you didn't order anything. The one that you said you brought in and it's upstairs. Yep. From Amazon? It's flat. There's haunted doll sellers there. You don't know. That are completely flat. Would you send me a haunted dress? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> you don't know. How would you know? I'll also point out that also in package news that arrived today, I look outside and there is a box that has been fully open. And you know how when you fold a box to flap it shut when you have no tape? The package was like that. And it was addressed to Ben and I was holding it and I was like, should I? I was like, I'm not bringing this inside. This doesn't feel safe. He can open this outside and make his determination, but that's not an inside problem. Fair. Fair. But thank you, Jason. A stunning and terrifying story. Yes. Thank you for sending that. So our next story comes from Lexi and she sent us her story. So I'm going to read it. This happened back in 2016 when my husband, then boyfriend, and I were taking a road trip and stopped in New Orleans. We stayed at the Andrew Jackson Hotel in the French Quarter. Some background on this place. It was built on the site of an orphanage that burned during one of the city's many fires in its history. Unfortunately, not all the children made it out. The hotel was actually a stop on our ghost tour where they told us a lot of people hear children running in the halls, have the feeling of a child trying to get in bed with them, like they had a nightmare and trying to snuggle with you, mm -mm. and waking up. I'm sorry. No ghosts. <laughs> no. And I'm not your ghost mother. I'm I am wearing a ghost t-shirt, though. <laughs> I'm wearing Everlasting Fate, by the way. Mm, I like it. And they'd wake up to hear the TV being messed with. No. Simply no. Now, some background on Lexi. I have really bad anxiety. And can't sleep if the room is quiet because my mind races. I constantly need some background noise, so we often sleep with the TV on. Same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One night when we went to bed, we fell asleep with the food network on, with the volume down low enough so that my boyfriend could sleep. I woke up to the TV blaring the next morning, and it was set to a cartoon channel. The remote was nowhere nearby. 
So it's not like we rolled onto it and changed the channel or the volume. I think the ghost children wanted to watch some cartoons instead of cooking. Oh, I love that, though. That part's cute to me. That is cute. In a situation where there's just one TV, I'm like, oh, no. I can't put it on. I don't have off a decoy TV to distract the ghost children with. So I feel like I'd be like, oh, gosh. I feel like I would just turn it on the cartoon station going forward. So it just stayed there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they just need to dedicate a room in that hotel to the ghost children. You know, like make it like a kid's bedroom. That'd be so cute. Yeah. Now, you know what else it would do? It would also scare the hell out of everyone else. And I kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is where we keep our ghost children. <laughs> I mean, they're there anyways, right? Yeah, no, I'm saying like, you're like, this is where you're going to have activity because we've got toys, we've got squishmallows, we've got fucking cartoons, we've got rocking chairs for them to fool around with. They don't need the rocking chairs. They just need some Cartoon Network and some ice cream, okay? Oh, they do want ice cream and they don't want you to turn <laughs> their ice cream parlor into a spa. Nope. Okay. Thank you, Lexi. Our next story is from Liz and it says, my husband Alan and I were enjoying a nice evening out together. When his phone started to ring, curiously, we glanced at the phone to see who might be calling at that hour. We were surprised to find that Alan was receiving a call from himself. The number matched my husband's number exactly. I encouraged Alan to answer the call to see who was on the other side. I said, what if it's future you calling in another dimension? <laughs> Alan just replied that future him would know better than to call. Who was on the other end of the line? We'll never know. I love that. <laughs> what a question for the ages. I like that he's like, in my head, he's very deadpan. Future me would know better. They would say like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You should know better. Yeah. That would freak me out a little bit, though. I'd be unnerved. Well, it just reminds me of our spam call episode because people spoofing numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've gotten one that's like one digit off your number calling you. I have not. I have. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Because some people, when they sign up for phones... They get numbers just like one number off. So you think it might be like someone in your family? I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah. Well, it, someone in my family does have one number off. I We often give each other's phone numbers when we're like doing things because we're not used to dialing our own number. We're used to dialing each other's. <laughs> so I'll get appointment reminders and I'll give them a call. Be like, just so you know, your appointment is on this day. They called to confirm. Oh, so you get to be like their secretary. Yeah. And vice versa. I'm just going to give your number for everything. You can tell me what's happening. I mean, I'm not going to answer your weird Arizona calls. <laughs> We're here to schedule Amanda's indoor game. <laughs> that's going to come out after this. Ooh, that's a next week, Joe. I know. We're in the future. It's future us. Oh, future us. Joking to past us. Look at us. How, how full circle. Oh, cutting edge. <laughs> well, thank you, Liz, for sending the story. I would also wonder who the hell was calling from the same number. Yes, yes. Thank you, Liz. Our next story is from Austin. And he said, I enlisted in the Marines in 2012. And in 2014, I deployed. One stop that we made on deployment was Bujabi, Africa, which is North Africa in between Ethiopia and Somalia. After a long couple of days, our patrolling in the mountains with the French Marines, whom we were training, we made it to the top of a large mountain that gave us a great vantage point. In buddy pairs, we all got in a big 360 circle and faced outwards so we could pull security all night. I was with my buddy, Osborne, who we just called Oz, and we were sitting down on our packs, having a smoke, exhausted from the day. As we were sitting and talking quietly, we suddenly spot a little bit of movement on the ground about eight feet away. 
quickly gaining ground, this camel spider, which at the time could only be described as an adult's hand, was flying towards us. Nope. And boy, was he pissed. Alice sees it at the same time as I do and throws a small rock at it, which I didn't really understand because the rock was much smaller than the spider. (laughs) Seeing no other option, I raised my boot and came down on that bad boy with a vengeance. After shaking off the nerves and anxiety that every spider seems to instill in normal humans, I slightly raised my boot only to find the spider not only alive, but kicking its feet furiously to gain footing. There must have been some decent-sized rocks that took the brunt of the impact, thus saving the angry hand-sized spider. (laughs) He was a tank, so we put a rock on top of him, bigger than the last rock, to keep him from running after us, and decided to move far away from that spot. Before leaving, our curiosity got the best of us, and we took out a pen to hold up the spider's jaws. If you Google a camel spider, you will see it has an upper set and a lower set of jaws, and it can bite things and hold on to them, which it immediately did to my pen. The spider held the pen without difficulty, and I decided he could have it. I would too. So generous. (laughs) Right? That's your pen now, baby. (laughs) That's yours. Yep. So... Once we decided it was time to move to our new spot, we staged our packs and gun in the new spot, about 75 feet away, and quickly removed the rock and ran for our lives. The spider did not pursue, much to our relief, and we made sure to use our bug nets for the remainder of our time in Bujabi every time we slept. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I would never be the same. I would be like, these things are out here? No sleep. I don't know if I can sleep ever again. I don't know if you've looked it up. I know you're afraid of seeing buggies, but camel spiders are horrendous we had one in our house if i'm not what the fuck (laughs) and they're aggressive okay there are like sprickets are a thing here and they're called camel crickets and i thought that maybe they were the same so i was expecting to see a creature that i had seen before in my life and it wasn't and that really scared me like looking at that creature austin and oz the bravest like like and i could see being like let me just like look at this little dude's teeth because like it's fucked if it's that big like it's fucked everything about it is fucked i didn't know they existed when i moved here like i've been here over 10 years right Mm -hmm. i had lived here like in arizona since i was like six i did not see one of these creatures until i moved into this house years after moving in damn i didn't know that this thing was a thing I thought they were in faraway places, maybe, if they existed at all. But when I first saw one, I was stuck in a shower with it. And I died a little. Like, I died. A piece of me is dead from that thing. That's fair. I haven't said that story. Maybe you did. I blocked it out. Oh, my goodness. Look, I don't know if you know this, but shower spiders are, like, one of my biggest fears. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're waiting for me to rinse the shampoo out of my eyes to attack. Yes. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they are. No, we have a glass shower. And if I've already said this, people might already know. But I have a glass shower and got in. Everything was fine. And I turned around and it was it's I'm showing Lindsay. It's like three, four inches. Like it's huge. Like one tenth of the size of a 12 year old boy or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They could grow to, to be about six inches long, but they're normally about two to three inches. But anyways, I didn't notice when I closed the door, but it's on the door. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like I am I am in my little square shower. It's there. I don't know if the fucking thing can fly. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what it is because it looks like a let me let me paint the picture for everyone that doesn't know. It looks like a spider scorpion hybrid because it has thick legs, right? 
It does. It has like spidery legs, but it looks like it could be a scorpion, but without a tail or perhaps a demon. I don't know. But I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. I'm like, if I open the door, what if it falls on me? Can you imagine if it fell on you? So I just start screaming like I'm dying. That's the appropriate response. As soon as you said, like, I have a glass shower door, I I immediately thought I would have had a glass shower door. (laughs) Because I think that the response that I would have had would have been so involuntary and would involve a lot of broken glass. I think that is the most scared I've ever been in my life. But Mike came in. Well, because you were trapped. Yes. Mike comes in and he looks at it and he looks at me and he's, I was like, I am stuck and I'm going to die. <laughs> and he just stood there for a second and I'm like, fucking help me. And he's like, I need to figure this out because I don't know how to help you. Yeah. I mean, fair. But he's also thinking, do I have a life insurance policy on her? How much is it? Yeah. Is a spider bite. Is this worth it? accidental death and maiming like is that what that (laughs) counts for or yeah woof and so finally he's like i don't know what to do what we're gonna have to do is if it tries to jump on you i will get it move out but you're gonna have to just run like run out had you had you started the shower yet yeah i turned it off immediately though okay so there's also a slick situation that's that's happening there's a water element that's just asking for you to slip slide break anything Right. Well, I opened the door. I started the shower. And then it's when I shut the door. I noticed it was there. My condolences. I did live somehow. To your soul that left your body. Yeah. A piece of my soul is still dead. Like it never came back. We hadn't seen one before. So we put it like it was dead. Mike, I think, put every chemical we had in that shower that night. So it was probably like a weird chlorine bomb went off. Perfect. Perfect. But then he put it in a Tupperware container. I remember because I was like, that needs to be burned. Like that needs to be out. (laughs) He put it in a Tupperware container, the dead body of it. And then he even put it inside something else outside in our backyard. And then we had to wait for the bug guy to come the next day. I was like, I need someone out immediately. It is an emergency. And when they came out, they're like, oh, that's a sun spider. And I'm like, what the fuck is a sun spider? And he's like, oh, well, it's called a camel spider, a sun spider. There's a lot of different names. And I'm like, I did not know that these existed. Are there more? He's like, well, you got to be careful. They won't really hurt you. Like, you can't die from them. They're not like super poisonous or anything or venomous, but they are aggressive. And I was like, Mike, we need to move. And and yet you there you sit in Sun City, Spider Town, USA. I have not seen another one since that day. But now that I say that watch there's like one here oh it's still thinking about that night it hears you Mm -mm. nope i haven't seen one since like anywhere outside nothing that's good that's good that's what we want but oh my gosh yeah i can't mm -mm. the 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 thoughts that go through your head seeing one for the first time i hope i never have those feelings austin i get it (laughs) thank you for your story austin a treasure a delight we appreciate you yes our next story comes from Catherine. And she said, in 2020, my grandma passed away. We cleaned out her house due to having to sell it after her passing, which was such a hard thing for me. I spent many childhood summers there and so many holidays. It was one of my favorite places. When cleaning out her house, we had finished with the upstairs and I had closed the doors to all of the rooms and the upstairs was completely empty. My cousins and aunts and uncles came to help clean out the house. And at the end of the day, my mom and I were the only ones left to tie up loose ends. We were in the kitchen cleaning out some cabinets when we heard what sounded like footsteps above us, and we looked at each other as if to say, is this happening? 
Then we heard footsteps come down the steps one by one, and then something exited through the kitchen door. It was propped open, and it just closed. We stared at each other in disbelief, but shook off the weird feeling and kept on cleaning. I re-propped open the door. No more than 10 minutes later, we heard the same footsteps above us, footsteps coming down the stairs, and then something exited through the door again. It just closed. We again looked at each other in disbelief. I went upstairs to see if anything was amiss, only to find all of the doors to the rooms open. I told my mom and said, it's time to go. We locked up and went home for the evening. We told my aunt about this and she said she'd always heard footsteps in that room upstairs. Not to mention my great grandparents had both died in the house many years earlier and my grandma's first husband. We then figured it was at least two of them leaving the house. We are absolutely sure we heard footsteps and we are absolutely sure the kitchen door closed and we are absolutely sure it was someone's spirit leaving the house. The house sold months later and a new family lives there. I've often wondered if they've experienced anything, but then again, at least two spirits have left. I don't know if the rest are still there, but I think about this experience often. Whew. Ooh, yeah. I like her assumption that they were like toodaloo and left and not that it's like a recurring energy type of thing where like that same spirit is just bound to be like leaving for work every fucking day, you know, like every 10 minutes or so. I like the notion that they were like, you know what? We've cleaned out the house. We've done our work. We've worked on ourselves. Now we can go. The result of ghost therapy. That's fair. Just the thought of all of the doors opening, though. Yes. I don't even like cabinets being open. I know. I know you love to leave your cabinets open, and that stresses me out. I don't love to leave my cabinets (laughs) open. What I'm saying is I am haunting my own house. Is that? Do you think I remember opening that cabinet? I open it, I grab what I want, it's dead to me. I don't want that. I don't want that. But, and yet here my brain is. Poor Ben. Every time he walks, he he must feel like the house is haunted. Because he's like, I was just in this fucking room and closed these fucking things. She came in here, fucking every cabinet's open. What is she doing? I try to be really purposeful. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to close everything. And like, it'll be good. And inevitably, I will need something. And I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to run and grab it real quick. And then there's another fucking cabinet open. <laughs> I will say, though, that our kitchen light, we got it replaced. We had a lamp in there and we just haven't moved it out yet. The lamp keeps turning on by itself, though. So I'm like, what if there's also some cabinets opening by themselves? Maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's Marge. Maybe Marge is like, could you organize this better? Right. Probably. Well, that would freak me out. The thought of, yeah, we're just leaving. It's fine. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Toodaloo. I'm glad that she had her mother there with her to experience that so she wasn't second guessing herself right right i know that you said it was a few years ago but i'm so sorry for your loss yeah that's hard losing anybody's hard but when you have to go through and like help clean out their life it's a lot it's like a special sort of hurt yeah so thank you for sharing your story i know this is a lot but thank you Catherine. yes thank you so before we start the next one i have to give you a little bit of background okay so in september I went to the Mothman Festival. It was amazing. It was stunning. It was a fun fucking time. It's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is in kind of the middle of nowhere. And it's in this very, very tiny town, right? And so tiny that there's one hotel. And it's called the Low Hotel. It was born, born. It was built in the early 1900s. And in 1990, it was bought by Mary Finley. But she does run it with her family. So her daughter, her granddaughter was there. Her brother was there. One of her nieces was there, who was a treasure and a delight. Um, And she showed us around and gave us a tour. 
the space itself is a full city block. Okay. So massive. When you're walking around, one of the things that I like is that they have things that would be hotel rooms, but they haven't done that. They've turned them into sitting rooms where you can kind of hang out with other guests. Okay. Like common spaces that are really cute. One of them was peacock theme, which was really cute. There's also an amazing amount of art. There's an art gallery. There's a ballroom on... There's two, actually two ballrooms. And the first ballroom is on the second floor. Okay. And the other one is on the fourth. That will be important for you to know. Ben and I knew about that immediately because we asked about it. We were like, do you care if we wander around? And they were like, no, absolutely. Take a look around. You know, it's a beautiful, like, older hotel. Yeah. And they went, just so you know, the fourth floor is a ballroom. We went, oh, do you mind if we go look? And they were like, yes, it's, it's fine if you go up there. Just like, one, be careful. And two, we use it for storage. So just be aware that, like, it's used for storage and that there's nobody up there. When Ben and I checked in, first off, they gave you, like, the old timey keys. Oh, yeah. She sent me a picture of it and it reminded me of like the beginning of a horror movie yes and so they give you the key and they said like oh you're on the haunted wing and they gave us directions to our room i thought that we had three left turns to make so it was almost like a circle where we would end up when we got up to our floor but it was only two so i just i want that's important because i want you to know that before i walk down the hallway so like we're walking we're walking we're walking i go to turn and i just stop and i'm like oh this is our hallway our room's on this hallway and Ben's like, how do you know that? I was like, because this is the haunted wing. And he hasn't turned the corner yet. And he walks around and is like, mm-hmm. Oh, no. It was one of those situations where you could just feel it. Okay. And so while we were there, I saw things in the mirror a few times. I also had one of the worst nightmares I've ever had in my entire life. And we're actually going to cover it in a later episode. Because there's some weird commonalities with the person whose stories we're going to read next. She actually left me a note at the hotel because I had like left some stickers and they were like, there's a podcaster here. So Liz left me a note. And unfortunately, we weren't able to connect while we were there. But we did have we, like we talked on the phone for like well over an hour about like our experiences at the festival and like some of the spooky things and stuff like that. A treasure, a delight. We're going to play two of Liz's stories now. And that third story is going to go in the future episode with my nightmare. I can't wait. I've heard about what happened there and it's good. And I don't know what she knew prior, but I didn't know about this thing or have seen it. Yeah. So there was no reason for me to have dreamt about it. Total horror movie. But anyway, let's listen to her stories now. Okay. My name is Elizabeth Abbott, and I was staying at the Lowe Hotel in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during the Mothman Festival last weekend. And I have three stories to tell you. The first one is that my mother and I were having trouble sleeping all night on Friday, and I couldn't figure it out why, but we were on the third floor, and there was a floor above us, which is the fourth floor, obviously, and we could hear, well, I could hear people jumping around. It it sounded like they were having, like, a little rave up there, Um, and it was very interesting, and then the next day, um, my mother went stupid around and realized that the fourth floor actually has nobody above them. And when we talked to the owners um, that night on Saturday, they told us that the fourth floor was actually the old ballroom. So I think I was hearing people dancing all night long. Well, that's terrifying. Right. And the thought of like the ghosts having a party is kind of nice. I do love the idea that a ghost was just having the time of their lives upstairs. Just up there tap dancing loudly. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I think of the Crescent Hotel dancer. Oh yes, yes. Look, also maybe it's Mothman. Maybe, maybe he's just chilling. He's like, oh, these people have come to see me. Oh, I'm excited. I would do a little happy dance all night long. Yeah. <laughs> my second story. We left on Monday, and Monday morning, I was constantly, I think I took six trips back and forth from my car up to the room to grab the baggage, to get the souvenirs, to grab all that other stuff, and I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from like 5 a.m. until 6.30 when my mom was ready, and by the time my mom was ready, we get out, and um, she has this little travel angel pin that my grandma bought her. A long time ago. Um, it's always locked up in the purse. It, it never comes out of that, that pocket. And for some reason, and my mom had not left that room all morning. It was just me. But for some reason, her little angel pin was right in front of the door. So we don't know how long it was missing. We don't know who took it or where it came from. It could not have fallen out. This was like one of those little pockets in the inside of the purse. This, they don't just fall out. She doesn't go in there. It's only for that little angel. Um, and it was sitting outside right in front of our room. And um, so she grabbed it and she pulled it back. But I had gone out, outside of that room so many times that morning. It was just ridiculous. Like there's, I would have ran it over multiple times and I wouldn't notice it. The second I opened that door... The first thing I saw was an angel. And you know what? I didn't even know she had it in there. I had no idea. She was the one that told me that the angel had come out and where it was located. Well, that's also another weird thing. I don't understand how there's a way that it could have appeared there. You know, like if she was going yeah. over and over again. And I would mm -hmm. feel like, again, I wasn't there. I don't know the type of door. But like when you open the door, it probably would have hit it if it was like right there, you know? Yeah, yeah, because the doors, like, there wasn't a big gap between the bottom of the door and the carpet. Mm -hmm. So, like, it would have hit it. Yeah. And, like, also, like, it's, like, an older door, so it's kind of heavier. So, like, there would have been impact. Right. You know? Right. That is strange. But bizarre. Bizarre and, like, from talking to people in the hotel, right? Like, I know I had my experiences. We're going to talk about Liz's other experience in a later episode. There's also an another situation where somebody was grabbed in a room. Like, they felt someone grab them. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Also, just an interesting note, there's tunnels that run under the hotel. I'm surprised you didn't feel super uneasy there, how you do with Airbnbs. No. It felt like home. It was very interesting. It's also, like, this great, amazing place that was, like, curated by Mary. So, amazing. I love the pictures. Like, it looked beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for your stories, Liz, and for the story to come. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. All right, so the next story is a written story from Francis. And in 2017, I was staying at a friend's property in Moundsville, specifically Mystic Valley, West Virginia. Hmm. He had dozens of acres, so at dusk, I'm walking up a hill behind the house to find a good spot to watch the sunset. It is all wooded. Decent tractor-sized path cut through tall grass as it opens to a glade with tall grass, probably five to six feet tall. Sounds very pretty, right? I feel like I'm being watched. I see some deer on the path. They run away, but I'm still feeling as though I'm being watched. I look out into the grass in time to see a tall, white form with big red eyes hop away in a flurry. 
Hmm. Don't like this. I ran my ass back to the house. Fair. Very fair. Fair. (laughs) Five days later, after I was home in Baltimore, I was driving from my job in Druid Park down to Curtis Bay around midnight. While driving about 50 miles per hour on Shell Road, my ball joint on my pickup truck broke and I lost control of steering and braking, traveling about a quarter mile. That's scary. Right. Lucky the road was empty and I was able to slide into an industrial driveway area. So I was safe and it was an easy fix. But I imagine if the ball joint had broken a few days earlier on either of the six hour drives through the mountains of West Virginia, that would have been bad. Yeah. How scary terrifying the mothman festival requires the drive that they were talking about from what i understand and it is very windy so there's like long stretches of highway where there's kind of nothing and there's really nowhere to pull off on like we were looking for a gas station for like 45 minutes like surely it'll be on the next exit and like nope so like if you were in one of those mountain areas or in a place that was like more kind of remote likely would have been much worse. But anytime we hear a cryptid with red eyes in West Virginia, we're thinking Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is like most people say like black, big, red glowing eyes. But there are some people who see white Mothmen. That's like not necessarily uncommon. Yeah. Which I find fascinating. Well, thank you so much for sending in your story. Yes, we appreciate you. Next, we have Allison's story. So they said, So I live in Houston, about an hour away from Galveston, and I've grown up hearing about the storm there. And I've been there numerous times to see the museum they have for the hurricane and seeing some of the places that survived. If you haven't checked out the book, Isaac's Storm, it's a great read about the hurricane. There's also a statue along the seawall of a woman with a child reaching for the sky. And I don't know if it's a nun, but it's to commemorate and honor all of the deaths that occurred. And if you haven't listened to our Haunted Galveston episode, we're talking at the same place, yeah? Yes. Back to her story. And with so many people dying, they tried to bury bodies at the sea, but they just came back in to the beach again. So they ended up having to burn a lot of the bodies. And I think that's one of the reasons there are mausoleums in the graveyards there. I've been to Galveston more times than I can count. And every time, it's just a feeling in certain areas of the town or certain locations. I haven't ever been lucky, question mark, question mark, question mark, enough to have an actual encounter there or be able to go on the ghost tour they have there. But I've been to the Walmart and like a lot of places in town, you can just tell it's haunted even if you don't have an experience there. And staying at the Galvez, it's another place. It's just a feeling of being haunted even if you don't experience it. I've stayed quite a few times and just known there was something else there. And even though they may not have sat on the bed with me or made things go missing, just conversations you think you hear that aren't occurring but are, especially in crowded places like the lobby or if you go down to the employee areas. They actually have a ghost tour there, I think, as well. And they talk about the girl who hung herself. I don't know if there's anybody I love in this world enough to do that, but it was a different time and I'm not her. There's also some places along the Strand that are like that. You know somebody's spirit remains, but they don't choose to interact with you for whatever reason. Galveston's just creepy. Yeah, interesting. That's very interesting. I've definitely had experiences where I'm like, oh, like there's something. Like there's something here. Yeah, I think I've I've talked about it before, but like when we were looking to purchase a home and there's a couple that we just walked in and I'm like, not this one. And my realtor's just like looking at me like I'm a monster. I'm like, I can't. It's weird. <laughs> I can't do it. So yeah, a lot of the places in Galveston, like I said, I've been there, but I didn't know a lot of the history. I knew just a little tiny bit, but not as much as I know now. And now I want to go back, just not into the water. 
Mm-hmm. Fair. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing your story. We very much appreciate all of these. So the next one is anonymous. One evening when my husband was out of town, I awoke to my small dog, Polly, licking and nipping at my face. I was, understandably, annoyed and upset. But while I was pushing her off, I heard a commotion coming from downstairs. Don't like that? I listened for a few seconds, trying to figure out where this thud noise was coming from. Then I heard the crystalline sounds of glass breaking. I ran to the closet and grabbed a small gun we kept hidden for emergencies. I locked my dog in the bathroom, then crept downstairs. I saw two people in black kicking in the glass back door. They had shattered one of the panels, but they weren't able to reach the handle. I was too terrified to call out in case they had guns and fired at me, but I didn't want to use my gun until I absolutely had to. So I stood in the shadow of the doorway, gun raised, waiting for them to enter and find me. So through some miracle, a car came by at that exact moment, and the headlights shone in through the front window, through the kitchen, and highlighted my profile standing in the doorway with a gun raised and aimed at my intruders. They saw me, screamed, she's got a gun, and ran off. I called the police, but by the time they got here, the intruders were gone. We moved shortly after. That must have been terrifying. I can't imagine that, no. Yeah. That's so stressful. And like, it sounds like they were pretty close to getting in, right? Like if they had already gotten one of the panels, I don't know how many panels are on the store, but Mm -hmm. that's awful. And especially when someone's out of town. So like maybe they were watching the cars and like knew one was gone. Yeah. I have read a lot lately too, that when you park in the airport parking, people are breaking into cars, looking at your registration, knowing someone's not there anymore and robbing your house. The audacity. Right? So I wonder if that like might have been part of it. Also, that's a bad fucking return time. You get back, your car's been broken into, then you get home, your house has been broken into. What the fuck? Yeah. Now I've seen when you park at the airport parking to take your registration with you so that they can't figure out where you live. That fucked. Fucked. So fucked. Well, thank you to Anonymous. Yes. So our final story is another audio recording, and it's from Steffi. My friends and I take ghost hunting pretty seriously. So a few years ago, we decided to go to Jerome, Arizona, one of the most haunted spots in Arizona, and just explore the town on a guided ghost tour. So evening falls, the ghost tour starts, and we're walking around the town looking at the jail cells where they kept prisoners and had executions and just exploring all the different areas. And with us on this ghost tour are a few other people, including two young women who are very excited to be here and believe that the more they talk to the spirits, the higher the likelihood the spirits will talk back. And at first, this is fine. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone is getting creeped out and and starting to feel stuff. But the longer the tour goes on, the more these two are talking, talking over the guide, over the other guests. So finally, we ended up all just kind of branching off and and going to different spots to explore our own thing. Well, some of us went to the infirmary, one of the most haunted areas where they kept the sick, diseased, and dying inmates. And since this was one of the hottest spots for paranormal activity, of course, the two seance seekers came with us. So we're walking through 
the empty corridors and these girls are asking all sorts of questions to the spirits. Are you hurt? Are you sick? What are your symptoms? And in a brief moment of quietness, we all listen in to see if there's a response. And from the dark, we hear, Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. To this day, we still don't know if that was a poor past soul still suffering their physical symptoms or just my friend being kind of a dick. Love it. Oh my gosh, yes. 10 out of fucking 10. 10 out of fucking 10. I'm assuming that it is likely a friend being a dick, but I also do enjoy the idea of a ghost singing a jingle. <laughs> like, would they know that jingle, though? That's I, I feel like that's more modern, but that's hilarious. I would have died. Amanda and I like me- like talked about this before we recorded. I was like, you know, the idea of someone talking like that and the questions they were asking, it feels a lot like Zach Bacon's. It does. It does. Except less threatening. Doesn't it? Where he's like, tell me what your symptoms are. My symptoms are I'm annoyed by you. It's a ghost. <laughs> right? You're going to get little, little bits, not, not a whole, I don't know, paragraph from them normally. I mean, maybe, but I haven't heard that yet. How funny, though. Maybe you will. I love it. Thank you, Steffi. Thank you so much again to everybody who submitted their stories. This is one of our favorite episodes that we do every year. Yes. We're probably we're going to try to be better about asking all year for spooky stories uh, so that we can include them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we hear a spooky story and we're like, oh, that's a full episode. I'd love to do more of those. I'm hoping that that's one of the things we're doing a lot of in 2024 and the rest of 2023. So send us your stories all the time. We want to know them all of the time. Yes, we do. We do. And I love when it, it is someone that we can ask follow-up questions to. I know these ones were, especially the pre-recorded, it's a little tough. But when they're sent ahead of time, we can chit-chat back and forth and go, but wait, what about this? Or, yeah, you know, find out some more details, which we love. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for creeping with us for three fucking years. That's That's a long time. It makes my heart so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect and amazing. And with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) 